And we are back on the KYMN Morning Show. Joining us now in our studios is our state representative for District 20B, Todd Lippert. Todd, good morning. Thank you good so much morning. for coming in. Good to be here. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that have gone on at the legislature this week. First of all, that you know, the headline stuff. And that has included uh, no-knock warrants. Uh, the... Uh, Legislature has picked that up, uh, and uh, you know, due to an incident uh, in Minneapolis last week with uh, uh, Amir, um, trying to think of his Amir last Locke. name, Locke. Yes, w- what has the legislature got involved with uh, with this no doc warranty? Where are we at? Sure. So, um, with the the tragic shooting of Amir Locke, another um, young African American man shot by police. Um, innocently in a no-knock warrant situation, uh, calls for banning no-knock warrants have, um, have escalated. And I've expressed my support for that. Um, you know, just a few years back, that conversation really uh, developed national attention due to the, the shooting of Breonna Taylor, also in a no-knock warrant situation. Um, so this conversation has been renewed. My colleague, Athena Hollins from St. Paul, has put forward a bill to ban no-knock warrants. Um, and it's a bill I'm in support of, as are uh, so many of my colleagues. It's actually um, drawn some support from uh, Republican governor candidates. Uh, uh, Michelle Benson, Paul Gazelka both said that this is a conversation we should, we should visit. So um, I expect that conversation will, will pick up steam. Uh, we're seeing the difference in two police departments and how they handle it in this situation. So St. Paul Police Department haven't executed a no-knock warrant since 2016. Meanwhile, the Minneapolis Police Department has averaged 139 a year. Um, St. Paul says that these no-knock warrants aren't safe. They're a high risk for police and citizens. And we certainly saw that in the Amir Locke situation. All right. Do you see a bill or some type of legislation coming through in the next week or two on that? Is that going to be decided pretty quickly? uh, The bill's introduced um, and it will start moving through the Public Safety Committee. I imagine that this this might be one of the bills that moves quickly um, and is a bill that that moves to the House floor relatively soon. We'll uh, you know we'll see how it how it takes shape in the larger public safety conversation. And the House DFL has a has a holistic approach to public safety, a hundred million dollar proposal, and I imagine that no knock warrants will be a part of the public safety reform conversation we're having overall. All right, we've got a word from uh, Minnesota News Network MNN this morning that the state's uh, budget surplus is. Probably going to be more than the $7.7 billion that uh, had been predicted. Maybe something closer to $10 billion. I uh, don't have those numbers yet, but you'll be getting those pretty soon, I understand. Yeah, so, um, you know, we'll get those firm numbers soon, as well as how much is uh, ongoing, uh, an ongoing surplus that's that's uh, built into the budget over time and how much is one-time spending. Um, but really, we're, we're dealing with a little bit more of a good situation. And uh, so, you know, we're in this in this circumstance because because the American Rescue Plan of the Biden administration has done some rescuing rescuing of our economy in a way that, um, you know, no one is really expecting. And we have better than um, expected tax receipts from uh, from businesses and individuals. Um, And so now the question is, how do we um, use this surplus in the best way to um, invest in the needs of Minnesotans, uh, reduce costs for Minnesotans? And, uh, you know, I've I have some on my list, uh, child care, affordable housing, weatherization. Those are some big things we could do that would really help out Minnesotans in many ways. What about uh, a refund check? Would you support that, uh, giving so, some of it back to the taxpayers? So that's a conversation that um, 
uh, I'm you know definitely open to. I think the the way I would want to make sure that we're structuring that is we're we're getting that to the Minnesotans who have the greatest need, um, and not to you know when we're talking about refunds or or tax cuts that we're not uh, giving the money to the wealthiest Minnesotans or the largest corporations that have done very well. So I think. Um, you know, it's it's a conversation I'm open to, but I want it to be tailored in a way that's really uh, focused on Minnesotans that have the greatest need. State Representative Todd Lippert is with us. Uh, we're talking about the legislative uh, session, which is uh, going on now all the way through uh, May. Uh, let's talk about redistricting. Uh, that has been a topic of conversation for a while now. Everybody has seen that coming, but it won't be too long before the uh, redistricting maps come out. Uh, can you kind of tell us a little bit of background about that? Who is uh, who's deciding where the districts are and what do you think they're going to be looking like? Yeah, so all will be revealed very soon. Uh, we expect the maps will uh, come out fifteenth uh, or the sixteenth. So um, the legislature is tasked with putting maps together, and so both the House and the Senate have had redistricting committees that have been meeting over the summer. Um, the House DFL, um, in conversation with Republicans, put out a map, um, and the public has been looking at that map. Um, in that map, the Northfield district, uh, my district, uh, instead of going east and west towards Montgomery, it goes north and south towards Farmington. Um, and then uh, the congressional maps are a part of that, too. Um, and the House, Repu- the House Republicans have also put out a map. In that map, Northfield is split in two. Uh, you see some kind of the political uh, considerations there. They would love to see one less Democrat in the House. Um, the Senate has not put forward a map yet. And uh, we're running out of time for the Senate and House to come to agreement. We really need to do that by February 15th. If we don't, uh, the courts will put forth a map. And um, the courts have been preparing for this. In the past few decades, this process has been kicked to the courts. Um, And so February 15th or 16th, we should see maps for congressional districts and House and Senate districts coming out. We'll all have a chance to take a look, chew on it, see what's uh, going to be different for our state. At what time will that be decided on? Is that going probably all the way through the legislative session, do you suppose? So um, once the courts release their map, um, there will likely be some, you know, there could be some litigation of that map. But it's really a first, um, you know, if it gets to the situation where the courts are the ones releasing the map, the legislature can't come to agreement. Um, when the courts release the map, that's really the first draft of our of our district maps. And there might be some litigation for some adjustment, but that's basically what the maps should be. Um, and then the legislative process uh, for the rest of the session will really continue independent of those maps. All right. Uh, Representative Lippert is with us. Let's talk about... Something that uh, affects Northfield, actually. Uh, Grid modernization with our uh, power grid. Uh, Tell us about uh, some of the things you've been working on there. That's right. This might be the the wonkiest thing I've been uh, working on. But um, we've had an issue because... In Northfield, because we've been putting so much solar on the grid, doing uh, doing exactly what we need to be doing to respond to climate change and working towards climate action plan here in Northfield, um, we've come up. The grid needs to be modernized, and Excel Energy has um, been frustrating 
uh, local residents by charging $15,000 for a, quote, interconnection fee to connect uh, new solar uh, arrays to the grid, saying that, that it's going to be that customer's responsibility for updating the grid, or saying it's going to be two to three years before you can put a solar array on. Um, and so we talked about this at the legislature some. I had more conversations with uh, local city leaders and some others uh, in the clean energy space. And so I introduced a bill for a grid modernization project for Northfield. Uh, it cost about $4.5 million for us to modernize the grid. We need to move from uh, what PUC Commissioner John Tuma, a local, would say is a dumb grid to a smart grid. Uh, that's the direction we need to go. And so this would allow for uh, more software on the grid to move power uh, in multiple directions instead of just one direction, which is what happens in a dumb grid. It would allow for more storage, uh, which we need to be integrating. And it would allow Northfield to be a model to other communities about uh, how, you know, what can a smart grid look like for communities in the future. And this is really a role Northfield often plays, being a leader for other communities in the state. All right. So this bill would be um, uh, on its own. Northfield would be kind of on their own there. This isn't part of a statewide thing. This is just for Northfield. So it'd be a, it's, a, it's a pilot project. Um, and, and these sorts of pilot projects are, you know, are funded at the legislature. It would draw from the renewable development account, which is um, there for the purpose of of providing funding for some special projects that promote renewable energy. Um, so I think it's a good fit for that. The climate and energy chair in the House is supportive of it. Uh, it's Chair Jamie Long. He happens to be a Carleton grad, which helps a little bit, understand some of the challenges um, in Northfield and, and the ways that this community likes to lead. Um, so uh, it's off to a good start in the House. And Senator Senjum is the chair of the cl- uh, Energy Committee in the Senate. He's also uh, he's a rare Republican and that he wants to be responding to climate change, too. So uh, and knows that that we need to be upgrading the grid. So I think, uh, you know, we have a good chance of having a receptive audience there. And and uh, the bill is off to a good start. Is there anything else you'd like to mention while we have you in here? Uh, well, I uh, just appreciate this time and encourage uh, residents to, to contact my office or follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, if you have something you, you want to say as the session's getting started, a perspective that uh, I need to hear or a need that's present in the community or that you're facing, uh, please let me know. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated. And we'll talk to you again next Monday. That's right. State Representative Todd Lippert from District 20B. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. KYMN Northfield.